What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, we are going to be talking post-NFL draft. Uh, we're going to discuss some themes about the draft, some memorable moments, and then go through some different topics as well. It was a very fun draft for me to watch, um, and I think it was for everybody as well. But with that being said, let me introduce you to the rest of our crew. What's going on, guys? It's Eric, your ranting co-host here. Minor quick rant on myself here. If you're watching on YouTube, you saw Zach had a pretty nice updated slide there. I'm behind on mine. I need, I've got a lot of updating to do, like with picks of players, like not on the same team anymore and just old stuff. So like I'm a quick mini rant on myself there for being behind on the curve, but I'll catch up on that. But but yeah, definitely, I agree with Zach that the draft was pretty exciting for what I got to see, and I'm definitely looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, for sure, man. So this is what today's episode is going to be all about, the draft. Uh, and I want to start things off first with uh, a few tweets that I that I really subscribe to, at least. And, you know, you'll listen to some podcasts maybe this week or see in the media, like ESPN, NFL Network whatever, wherever you read about sports, like you're going to see all these hot, you know, clickbaity, you know, who won the draft, biggest losers of the draft, biggest winners. Can you believe this guy fell this far? Can you believe they took this player this high? You're going to see all these things for probably at least another week or so. And then in a week or so, the draft news will die down and then, Eventually, these players will start being in training camp and, you know, we'll get on to the season. But for right now, we're still on that post-draft, like, fallout where everyone's, like, grading the team's drafts, all this stuff. And these tweets here, I think, um, really speak volumes to that. And one of them is from Andrew Brandt, and he says, the only correct, although boring answer to how your team did in the 2022 NFL draft check back in 2025 and this is something i i completely agree i can't tell you how many times the jaguars people have been like oh my god the jaguars won the draft can you believe they got this guy and that guy and they traded and got that guy like and then two years later half of them are gone from the team and then you know and vice versa too there's other times where it's like some player that gets picked in the top 10 is like oh my god this guy wasn't even supposed to be a first rounder and then three years later, he's consistently in the Pro Bowl or something. So that's the thing. You, these We have to find out how these players are going to play in their situations before we can really grade these drafts. And so really, we should be looking at grading like the 2019 draft right now. Um, and then and the other tweet here real quick before I bring Eric into the mix is from Pete Prisco saying, this draft is a lesson on not believing the Twitter draft cult. And this is another one, too, because I've been on Twitter a lot more these last few years than before we started this podcast. And it's gotten even worse year to year. I don't know if Eric will agree with this or not, but the amount of like Twitter experts, you know, that the like everybody I feel like on Twitter that's in the sports realm 
has their rankings and their stuff. And I see constantly like 10 different people on the timeline saying, Oh, this, this team got my player position one in the first fourth round or something like, and this is a thing too. Like these, the Twitter draft call is about mainly this year. It's talking about the quarterbacks and how like, People are like, Malik Willis is the best quarterback in the draft. He's going number two to the Lions and stuff, and he ends up going the third round. So this is another thing, too. Like, you can't – all this stuff about Twitter, hearing about these guys that are going to go high in the draft, and when the draft actually happens, like, it, it's usually not correlated. Um, so that's another thing. I When I saw this tweet on draft day, I was like, yeah, this is uh, – I, I totally agree. This Twitter draft cult is uh, is a thing. Um, but Eric, what are your thoughts about these two tweets? And do you agree with them or not? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's always fun to look back and see what people like give your team as grades for what they did and stuff like that. But at the same time, I I try not to look into it too much. You know, I don't. I'm not going to worry about what you know Joe Smith on YouTube says that the Jaguars did right or did wrong in the draft, you know, like I'm going to worry about it when the season starts and I see him on the field, but it is, it is kind of fun though to look and see what people say, but like I said, you can't take it seriously. And, um, and, and I agree with the second one too. Like I, I generally just try to stay off of Twitter and avoid that stuff. Cause it's mostly just people, you know, making stuff up, hoping to, you know, get some attention, be an attention grab to get some likes or to get some followers or whatever. And uh, I I try not to look into that stuff too much. And especially like during the draft, too, because like the picks will get spoiled, you know, before I, the commissioner I, even comes up there. So like when I'm like, I did get to watch the first round and I did not get on Twitter for a single second <laughs> during that time. Dude, so. you're, that was smart because it was... I, this happened like two drops ago when I was on Twitter and I saw it and for some reason I was doing it again, but I was just scrolling through Twitter on my phone and like, I think it was this, like Aiden Hutchinson was just picked on the TV. Like I just saw on the TV, Aiden Hutchinson was picked. And then on my phone, it says like a minute ago from some verified Twitter account, um, like uh, Derek Stingley drafted third by the Texans. And then I wait, you know, you wait another five minutes for the next draft pick to be announced. And then sure enough, it's Derek Stingley Texans. And so that's like, damn, like, you know, how do they, how are they doing this? But yeah, stay off Twitter in the draft is a, is a good thing. It's hard yeah, for NFL draft, NBA draft, whatever. Like, yeah. If, if you don't want to know who's getting picked in advance, like you better have your notifications off. Like, <laughs> Yeah, do do not be on there. Don't be on Facebook. Don't be on any of them, you know, but Twitter especially. Yeah, tw- definitely. Um, so let's go ahead and get started with uh, just some themes about this year's draft. And we're, we're just going to kind of talk about the draft as an overall, not necessarily like we're not going to do the winners and losers thing. I think we've done it before, but uh, this draft in particular, I thought was pretty unique. It's not it's not like any draft I'd ever seen before. And they said to like, it's been like 20 years or something since there was only one quarterback in the first two rounds or something like that. But uh, let's, the quarterbacks are the first thing we're going to talk about. And 
they slid heavily in the draft. I, at one point, I tweeted out, there's been more tight ends drafted than QBs. And then as soon as I said that, the next pick was a quarterback and it tied it up. But um, you had one go in the first round, pick it to the Steelers. You had none go in the second round. Everyone was thinking, oh, these trade-ups are going to be quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Eventually, I, I got to the point where I figured they, okay, this can't be a quarterback. Like it, it would have already happened by now. You know, if a team really wanted a quarterback badly, they would have gone in the first round. So then after the first few picks in the second round weren't quarterbacks, I kind of realized, okay, I guess they're just going to happen when they happen, you know, and and then they went in the third round and fourth round. So Eric, what do you think about that? Do you think these quarterbacks that were taken are going to get legitimate shots or do you think the quarterbacks in the the third round here, like Willis, Ritter, uh, Corral, do you think they're, going to be treated like first round quarterbacks since they were like the second, third and fourth quarterbacks taken in the draft? Or do you think they're going to be treated based on the round that they were drafted? Cause normally a third round quarterback isn't expected to start right away. Yeah. I mean, looking at the teams that some of these guys went to like Malik Willis, for example, going to the Titans. I, I don't think they have any plans to, you know, do anything with Tannehill right now. So I, I think they, brought him in as a project um it gets a little more interesting with matt corral and um desmond ritter since you know they're the other quarterbacks on their teams that they got drafted to or uh marcus Mariota and like drew Locke. i so i think they brought these guys in as you know potential competition to be starters but i think they're okay if you know if they're not they're probably willing to give them some time they might be looked at more is more of a project as well i i other than you know Pickett, who the steelers drafted in the first round i don't think any of these guys are going to be like confirmed day one starters or anything i think they're maybe if they really impress in training camp then they will but i i don't think any of them are were drafted as with like with the intent of being day one starters or anything like that what about you how do you feel about that yeah i I agree. I don't think they're going to be day one starters other than Pickett, but I do think at least like probably not Willis. Willis is the only one I think Tannehill would have to get hurt for him to start, especially because people view him more as a project anyways. And he's going to a team with, you know, out of all the quarterbacks taken, Tannehill is the best quarterback, you know, already on the team. So I, I do see Corral and uh, Ritter potentially playing by the middle of the season or like week four or five, something like that. If the teams get off to bad starts, it usually happens. It's the fans are going to be demanding it. And, you know, especially with like Sam Darnold and stuff, if that's who the Panthers start, like I just don't have faith in him. So I think Corral could, you know, eventually take over mid season. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to watch, uh, but it's not like every other year that I can remember where there's, okay, three or four first round quarterbacks. Last year there was five, I think. And it's all like, oh man, like we're going to be, you know, watching them so closely. I think they're going to be kind of forgotten about um, because they weren't taken so highly. Uh, yeah, I, as, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, 
And then so my next uh, discussion here is about the wide receivers. I This is another unique thing. Like, you, it's a trend that there's been more receivers going early in the draft, like in the top 10 and more in the first round, that sort of thing. But it was crazy, the run on receivers in this draft. Like, you had Garrett Wilson at 10 to the Jets. Then the Saints and Lions both trade up in the draft and get wide receivers. Um, you had the Commanders at 16 take a receiver. The Titans at 18, they did a trade we'll talk about here in a second, took a receiver. Um, and then it kind of cooled down after that. But after 18 picks, six of them were wide receivers. Um, you know, Drake London started it actually at pick number eight. But uh, Eric, what do you think about these receivers? Do you think they're worth it? Do you think this was, you know, of the right thing to do? Or do you think it's just um, a product of the receivers being more important in today's game? And then also how teams aren't wanting to pay big money for receivers. And so there some teams are just like, let's just go to the draft and get cheap receivers. What do you think? Yeah, it's tough because I feel like it's kind of a combination of things, but I pretty like all the teams that drafted wide receivers, I felt like it was good for them because pretty much all of the teams that did really had a big need at the position. Uh, and then especially like, especially the Titans after the trade that they made, which I know you're going to talk about here in a little bit, but so I'm okay with them doing that. Um, and then I don't know if it's so much like, I guess it's interesting because, you know, there's some teams like the Titans, for example, who it seems like they made the move they made because they didn't want to pay big money to receiver and stuff like that. But you've also got other teams that have just been, you know, shelling out big money for receivers. So I guess it's it's more so uh, what t- how teams feel on a team by team basis. I, it's not unanimous where all 32 teams are like, oh no, I'm not going to pay money for a receiver or vice versa. Yeah. You know, so it's I, it's just how each say we're like normally like with running backs, for example, like they almost never get drafted in the first round anymore. Like pretty much at this point almost all of the 32 teams agree on that. But with this situation, I think it's different, but, but I think this, I think this was more so a product of teams were really desperate for wide receivers and there were a lot of good wide receivers available. It'll be interesting to see how they compare to the height because some of these teams like gave up a pretty good chunk to move up and, you know, trade up to get these guys. Like they didn't want to stay put because they knew they wouldn't get them. So I think it's more so that, but, Wide receiver would definitely be an interesting position, you know, to monitor going forward. So how do, how do you feel about that? Because that was a lot of questions and a lot of stuff to tackle. Was, there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a you could do a whole episode on this, I think. Like, But what you said about it is teams are divided on this. You get like the Dolphins are willing to pay top dollar for Tyree Kill, um, whereas the Chiefs are like, oh, no, we'll wait and just get a receiver in the second round. Uh, trade him we don't want to pay him and so there's all there's a balance there's always teams that are trying to pay for these receivers and there's some that aren't I do think eventually though this is going to be trending towards the because it seems like in in recent years more and more of these receivers are productive 
like right away. And so they're hitting on them. And I think, honestly, I think receivers are just getting better. So you're going to, I think eventually down the road, they're going to be seen like running backs. They're going to be, I think they're going to be taken in the first round, you know, a few every now and then, but I do think they're going to get to the point where it's going to be like, you can get receivers in the second round's a great spot, third round, you know, and they're going to kind of be replaceable. And I don't know if teams are going to be wanting to pay a lot of money for, unless you're a truly special case. But I I think it's an interesting thing to look at. And we're going to see in the future um, at the receiver position, the contracts and, uh, and how it goes. I know Christian Kirk really, Threw the market off for receivers this year, so um, way to go, way to go, Trent Balky on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a Balky special right there. <laughs> like yeah. it, it, it did, it, it, it shook some, it changed a lot of things. I think there was a lot that happened after the Kirk contract. But uh, the next topic I have here to discuss is about this trade that we're talking about, particularly the AJ Brown trade. So I wasn't actually. Super surprised when I saw this. I know he didn't specifically say he wanted to trade, but he basically did everything. Act, he was acting in a way that he wanted to be traded because he, he knew he wasn't going to be paid. I think the Titans offered him actually $16 million a year. And then I think after that, he flat out refused to negotiate with them because he saw that as too that's too low to even negotiate with. And I want to say Philly gave him like 25 million. So yeah, uh, he definitely got it. I think it was four years, a hundred million. And I, yeah, I, he, I forgot how much of it was guaranteed, but it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. He, he got way more with Philly than what Tennessee was going to offer. But um, I guess we'll just look at the bare basics for the trade here. So the Titans used uh, the pick that they got to take Traylon Burks, the receiver from Arkansas. So I guess, what do you think of this for both teams, Eric? Is it a win-win, a lose-lose, a, a one-sided win for this trade? What do you think? Uh, for me, I'm giving the edge to Philly on this. I mean, you know, you brought up a great point about a lot of receivers hitting kind of early on and stuff like that. But to me, if you have a chance to grab somebody that's known to be a true weapon and you know you already know for sure they're really good i will take that over a potential prospect like pretty much any time um you know and especially for the eagles you know they they got that seventh spot in the playoffs last year and they're trying to you know make a push to you know maybe win the nfc east or make a deeper playoff run or whatever like when you can get somebody that you already know for sure will be able to contribute a hundred percent right out of the gate for you versus bringing in a rookie who has to get used to the being in the league and all that type of stuff, like you go for it. Like um, maybe I guess if you're a team like the Jaguars or something or the lions or somebody where, you know, you're still kind of rebuilding, maybe then you could take the prospect instead, but you know, when you're trying to make a push like that, it's going to be good for you. So, you know, for the Titans who are trying to contend again and, you know, finally make that push to get to a Super Bowl, I I don't really like the trade for them losing a veteran player like that. But, you know, but again, if they didn't want to pay him, then 
you know, that's their decision to make. But I, I like the trade better for the Eagles. But how do you, how do you feel? Do you agree with me or do you think the Titans won? Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you said. I think the big thing with the Titans is like, I, we don't know what Burks will be, but as, at least in the short term where we think they got worse with this trade and they're in a finite window now to win a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, Derrick Henry's getting, he's eventually going to get up there in age and injuries started last year with him. So their whole, and they've got other players too on their roster. The AFC South, I think will get better in the years to come. It's not going to be a cakewalk for him to win. So this is their time right now. I mean, they were the one seed in the AFC last year. So getting rid of a valuable player like that, I don't think they got equal compensation for. Um, I thought they could have even gotten more assets for the trade to begin with than they did. Um, and for the Eagles, it's a slam dunk. I don't, out of A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, and like Terry McLaurin, I don't, I, I probably put A.J. Brown at the bottom of that, you know, tier, but he's still really good. And they needed to give Jalen Hurts a weapon like that. So now you have the Eagles set themselves up great for like no excuses season. So they've given, so Hurts has weapons now. You know, he's got a better offensive line. He's got, he's, he's got AJ Brown. So now they know, okay, is Hurts going to be our guy? Or if he's not, they've made all these trades and stuff. They have future draft picks and they can get a quarterback next year in a good quarterback class and move on and, you know, not completely be starting over when they get a quarterback. So I, th- I think this is great for the Eagles. Um, most of their offseason I've been a fan of. So uh, that is. Yeah, Susan's Cowboys are going to have to watch out this year. That's yeah. Because I like what I know we're not doing like doing like who won the draft and stuff, but on a quick side thing, I mean, I do think the Giants had a really great draft. I think they nailed it. They got better. Picks, so they definitely yeah. got better as well. So, like, yeah, I, I like the Cowboys uh, for Susan and everything, but they're they're going to have to watch out this year. <laughs> for sure. Um, so now there's like, you know, topics and stuff are out of the way. Um, I'll just ask some questions here. So, Eric. Give us your favorite non-first-round pick uh, player and team fit. So, you know, not a player drafted in the first round, but a player that you like and a team that, like, matches that player. What's uh, what's your favorite here? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage here just because, like, day two and three of the draft, I didn't get to watch as much as uh, – like as much as like you and Connor did so I know I know you'll be able to give a better answer here probably but a fit that I do like that uh wasn't drafted in the first round I drafted this guy and both of our mocks in the first round but it's going to be Kenneth Walker the running back from Michigan State uh getting drafted to the Seahawks I I think it's a great fit there because I know uh Chris Carson seems to get injured every single year and so I think he'll be able to take over that offense and Seattle also did a good job drafting O lineman as well so and since their quarterback situation is pretty murky I I think he's going to be able to 
do a lot of damage with them right away. I I think they got a good pick or a good value getting him there in the second round. But but what about you, man? Who's your favorite non first round non Jaguar pick? <laughs> Uh, my favorite non-first round, uh, you know, I'm not going to be biased here, say, uh, say a Jaguars player, but I really like David Ojabo going to the Ravens. Um, he goes from one Harbaugh to another, which is interesting. But before his ACL injury, I think he had, uh, he was viewed definitely as a first round pick and People, because he he was sharing the same line as Hutchinson, and people were talking about, oh, Hutchinson's Hutchinson's going to be great. He's you know a machine and all the stuff. But they're like, Ojabo's like an, a raw athletic freak is like what they called him. So he has like all the traits that you would want if you were like in a lab designing a pass rusher. Like he's the got all the stuff. He's just kind of raw. He's got to develop techniques and that sort of stuff. But I think even with him being injured for a year, like it's a great situation for him to go to the Ravens, a team known for their defense. I think he's going to learn from a lot of great players like Clay Campbell and stuff on that team. So I, I think in a few years from now, he's going to be like a steal for them and uh, one of the best players of the draft class. And I, I love the fit and the player. So that's what I had to go with. Nice, man. Nice. Yep. Um, and then for all of you fantasy football fans out there, um, Eric and I are going to give uh, who we think, at least in this first rookie year, will be the best rookie fantasy player. So, Eric, who are you going to pick as your favorite rookie fantasy player? Um, yeah, I, I actually sure to remember this for uh, our August draft. Yeah, Zach's going to be making notes already. Eric likes this guy. He doesn't like this guy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I could see it being, you know, Kenneth Walker, who I just talked about. But uh, but to go with, like, a different answer, um, there's a lot of wide receivers, of course, that went in this draft, like we were just talking about, how big of a deal they were. But so I definitely don't see any quarterback getting it unless, like, Pickett were to break out or something. Um, but most of the wide receivers that went in the first round, they either have like a good like running mate beside them or they have really shaky quarterback play. So I'm going to go a little bit farther down and go a little more of a potential sleeper here. But I'm going to go with uh, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State uh, going to the Packers. I mean, with Devontae Adams being gone, you know, Green Bay doesn't really – have a ton of you know weapons there they've got a you know good running game and stuff obviously but in terms of their passing game they just there's still a lot to be desired there so I really think he could come in and be a wide receiver one for them potentially and you know when you've got a two-time defending MVP throwing you the ball that definitely helps uh you know as long as Aaron Rodgers doesn't regress like that's the perfect person to have throwing the ball to you so uh, maybe a little bit more of a sleeper there. Um, I don't know if I'll pick him for offensive rookie of the year or anything like that, but fantasy wise, I think he could, I think he could put up some good numbers early on. Uh, who do you have here, Zach? Yeah, I, I like that one. He could like be the wide receiver one for the Packers, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's why I picked him. Cause like some of these yeah. other wide receivers are probably going to be more like 
wide receiver twos or they've got, you know, like Williams. Well, Williams is going to be injured for the Lions. He might be wide receiver one, but he's going to be injured at least most of the year. Yeah. So just stuff like that. I was like, you know, so there's obviously other possibilities, but so what about you, Zach? Who do you, who do you have as the best rookie year fantasy yeah. prospect here? I'm, I'm now it's my turn to take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, Con- I was going to be taking notes on both of us. <laughs> I, he's lucky he's not in this episode. We're going to have to get him to give us an answer afterwards, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise you're fired from the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally using that power of the threat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was worried you were going to steal my pick because you said later down the draft. So I was like, oh, shoot, it's not a first-round pick. And that, that was going to be my answer. But I'm going to go with James Cook, uh, the running back from Georgia that the Bills drafted um, in the second round. I think um, he's going to be a great runner. He's a cook, so, you know, he's got the bloodlines. Um The thing that worries me a little bit is just Buffalo's offense. Um, But with Dayball leaving, I think it could mean they open up to the run more. And now that they actually have, you know, James Cook, I think, is a step above the running backs that they've had in the past. I think they're going to want to balance their offense a little bit more. And then they're going to he's also going to benefit with you know, the threat of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs could get a lot of touchdowns, could get a lot of like receiving action as well. Um, and as far as the running backs on his team go, I mean, I'm not worried about uh, their running backs currently on the roster for to like steal a bunch of carries from him. So James Cook is a guy I, I think is going to be looked at by a lot of people in uh, fantasy drafts next year. How do you like that one? Uh, that I, I I like that pick. I, I I think that's a pretty good option there, especially just you know like you talked about with the team that he's on. He's on a really good team, so yeah, it's not like he's going to go into a situation where maybe like say like when the Jags had Leonard Fournette a few years ago, where they had like no, no really other weapons, and so he was having constantly facing like eight guys, sometimes nine guys in the box all the time, like. You know, with guys like Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox out there, he's not going to have that problem to deal with. And, and and I agree with you, too, that just the Bills running back core is really not that great. That's why, like, in one of our mocks that I did, I drafted a running back for them. Like, I feel like running back was a position of need for them. So I, I think they did a great job filling that need there. Yeah, I I agree. Um, so let's round um, round out our draft conversation here and give our biggest surprise of the draft. So this could be anything, you know, you could talk about the quarterbacks, you could talk about a player to a team or, you know, getting a player that went high, a player that went low, something just overall related to the draft. What's your biggest surprise, Eric? Uh, the, the biggest surprise for me, um, I, don't, we, I think, I don't know if you mentioned this in your themes, I think we were going to talk about, but that we hadn't really was just, one overall, the amount of trades that happened in the first round, uh, with this being such a, we usually you see stuff like this when there's a bunch of really good quarterbacks, and so teams want to move up and get the quarterbacks and everything. I like when we did our mock draft 2.0, we had four trades, which I felt was like a normal amount, but I felt like it might be less this time just because of that. But there were so many trades in the first round, and they were just back to back coming in like 
just back to back, just crazy how rapid fire they were coming out. But, but what surprised me in addition to that was just the, what almost seemed like a lack of value that the teams that were trading down were getting. Uh, the biggest one for me was the Vikings when they traded from pick 12 all the way down to pick 32 with Detroit, uh, you know, usually for a team to move down 20 spots like that in the first round, you know, the team that's moving up is going to have to give an up an arm and a leg to get them. But all Minnesota really got out of it was they, you know, they swapped the picks at 12 and 32 and then they got pick 34, but then they gave Detroit their second round pick. So to me, it's almost, it was almost like they just traded places basically, but Detroit moved up, which obviously gave it a way better value to them. I didn't, I didn't really understand what Minnesota was thinking there. Um, so that was the biggest surprise for me. It was like some of these teams, even even a little farther down in the first round, they were like swapping picks. But then the only other thing they were getting was like a third or fourth rounder or just something or doing other pick swaps. Like I feel like some of these teams that moved down, I don't know why they did that. Like. Like if I'm Minnesota, for example, like I guess they they got a they still got a pretty good pick at pick 32 there uh, with Lewis Seen, but I mean they could have stayed there at pick 12 and got a you know more of a difference maker. Kyle they could have taken like they could have taken Kyle Hamilton instead yeah. or something. You know I I don't know why they even bothered doing that. But um, what about you? Any uh, was that the biggest surprise for you as well, or was there something else that really surprised you? Like what was your what's your thoughts here? Yeah, that was a big surprise to me. And actually, I was going to talk about that specific trade, but in another way, the trades were surprising and just the amount of them. But to me, the biggest surprise, um, you know, it, it wasn't a major, major thing. It's not like it's being talked about everywhere. But like, not only did the Vikings do that trade where it looked like they didn't get value for it, but they made it with the Lions, a division rival. And then in the second yeah, that, round, that's true too. Like that's something you don't normally see. <laughs> yeah, and then in the second round, um, they so they got like the pick thirty four. I think it was pick thirty four. They uh, the one that they got from the Lions, they traded it to the Packers, and then the Packers got Watson. So it's like they're helping out two of their division rivals here. Um, and yeah, it, but both of their rivals got potential like wide receiver ones for their teams. Yeah, <laughs> not smart. And it's not even. It's not like oh, they're getting. You know, they didn't get any first round picks next year for this. It's not like you could be like, you could argue like, okay, we're we might give them a good player now, but we're gonna steal their first round pick next year. Or suck you, you know. Um. So. Yeah. It, the the fact that the Vikings made both those trades to help their division rivals was like, wow, this is uh, usually unheard of, you know. Um, like yeah, the Titans, I mean, Titans yeah, didn't trade AJ Brown. I was gonna say the Titans didn't trade AJ Brown to like the Texans, you know. They they sent him to Philly. Yeah, they, you know, they sent him out of the conference. <laughs> yeah, even um, Marquise Brown went to the to the Cardinals. These are you know out of conference trades here, so. The Vikings doing that interdivision trade was was pretty crazy to me. Yeah, if I if I was the Vikings, if if I'm sitting there at pick twelve and like my rival Lions 
call me up saying they want to move up from 32 to my pick. I'm like, okay, like I want pick 34. I want your first next year and probably your second next year. And then maybe like a fifth or something farther down. Like that, that's like the bare minimum of what I'm asking for. Like, especially with it being a rival, like if you, if you, if you're my rival and you want to move up like that far, not only do you yep. gotta give up an arm and a leg, like you gotta give up something else too. Like <laughs> you gotta give up but, an arm, a leg, and an ear. You gotta give up both arms, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I, uh, I, I need a lot. And literally, they just they took thirty two and thirty four, and then gave them twelve and like forty six. So I was like, that's that was just insane. Like even if it wasn't a rival, like they literally got nothing for that, which is just crazy. Like, I know we're not yeah. winners and losers, but the Vikings have to be one of the bigger losers, in my opinion, just with that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just wanted more draft picks so they could have their uh, that guy announce them and spend 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was... Yeah, that that was a big that was a big surprise there. Or like that, I that didn't was, see the yeah. clip yet. But I know that guy was rambling so long, like an NFL worker, had to go out there and be like, "Just read the card." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were about ready to like cut his mic off, and I don't know what would have happened then. Like the commissioner would have came on and like read the announce, name, announced the pick or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I never seen anything like that. Um, there's been some long. Every now and then, you get a. A former player that comes up and is like stirring up the crowd. Like I remember when the draft was like in Dallas. I think the Eagles player was oh, like, yeah, he like he taunted the Cowboys or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a wrestling guy, so I gotta I gotta get. Even though I'm not a Browns fan, I gotta give credit to the Miz. Like when he came out, he's a he's from Cleveland, big Browns fan. And before he read the pick, he was like, "You're 2023 Super Bowl champs." Yeah. I was like, <laughs> "Oh man, that took a." that took a lot of nerve to make that claim, you know, like uh, that, that was pretty ballsy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that Vikings guy, man, he went on a tangent. Um, but anyways, yeah, I still before, look that you know, up. I've still got to see that for myself, but, yeah. <laughs> but before I go on another tangent, we will uh, stop the podcast here and uh, hope everybody enjoyed listening and watching to it. And we will, we'll be back next week to discuss, Probably some NBA stuff, NBA playoffs are going on, so we will uh, most likely dive into that. Heck yeah, man. And I guess, too, before we go, like, if you've made it to the end here, uh, Connor, who wasn't able to be here in this episode, uh, dropped an NHL playoff preview because the hockey playoffs are about to start. So uh, if you like hockey at all, like, definitely go see that out. It was a, that, that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good video you know, describing each team's chances and breaking everything down. Like I watched a couple other ones and these guys were just like, yeah, this team's going to win. That team's going to win. This team's going to win in six. And, but they didn't really talk about like why they think it's going to happen or whatever. Like they didn't break it down. Like Connor, Connor broke this down. Like if you like hockey at all, like you will enjoy it. Yeah. And then uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, but that's cause that's where this content is. Connor's, Hockey video is on the YouTube channel. I'm sure he's going to do more hockey-related content in the future. Eric and I plan to do. I, I know yeah, Eric. We, we got some stuff we're working yeah. on. Yeah, it, it's all it's all like you know, kind of behind the scenes right now. I mean, it's not official yet or anything, but yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we don't have like specific dates or anything like that. But 
there there will be a lot more content coming, so be ready. Yep, you can just uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, hit the hit the notification bell thing and the like button for the algorithm, <laughs> all that fun stuff. Hit, smash the like button. No, just, just hit. Ha- oh yeah, smash the like button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never, never thought I'd be that that kind of YouTuber, but here, what have I become now? <laughs> and if if you and if you're one of my coworkers listening to this, you you better be subscribed because you know it's a requirement to work there. So otherwise, you're getting fired. <laughs> Uh, i'll stop i'll stop (laughs) all right right. take care everybody have a great day and remember be clutch peace